and welcome back to the Gaming Podcast Live. I'm your host, Mia Byte, and uh, I'm here to join y'all as we dive into all manner of the most curiously captivating queer conversations on the web. As per usual, I cannot do this alone. And today we have a lovely, lovely guest host who is a good personal friend of mine. We have the wonderful Hey Shady Lady. Woo! You're also muted for some reason. Oh, I'm Woo! muted on my end. <laughs> Hi everybody, how's it going? Happy Sunday. It's, 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 it's a day. It's been a week so far. How how have you been? Look, I feel that. I just had to do like massive troubleshooting yesterday. So I to, just trying to like kick back and relax, you know, have a weekend coming up. And then all of a sudden computer parts stop working. So, uh, oh, that's I just, love it when that you know, happens. That's, that's the fun part of being a, a technology person, I guess. <laughs> the more mm-hmm. gadgets you get, mm-hmm. the more ways they can, they can mess up on you. Yeah, my audio stopped working last night and I was there for ages trying to figure out what the heck just was wrong with it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to leave this until the morning. Um, And so I was just listening to everything through my speakers until I got into the studio today. And then I realized, oh... I never fixed that audio problem. Uh-oh. I can't hear anything through through my through my actual headset. And then I realized, oh, uh, for some reason, the the machine is muted. My my cat Mochi must have stepped on the mute button that oh I God. have specifically on the keyboard, uh, <laughs> and and just completely wiped out any chance I had of of, of hearing anything. So yeah, that was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I love him to death. He's he's definitely not. Um, not not the bane of my existence as i kind of kind of simultaneously love him and hate him and i'm hoping tonight he's not going to be uh screaming in my ear i've just fed him actually so hopefully he goes He'll to be sleep a good boy. For, for the duration <laughs> of the podcast yeah 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 hopefully hopefully uh yeah yeah and uh, where can people uh, you know, keep up with all the, the latest news, Ty? My kitty's going crazy instead. Mochi's going to be good, but Toasty's oh. going to be bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, nice. I'm Hey Shady Lady. I'm a variety content creator um, on a lot of different platforms. I do Twitch tutorials on YouTube. On Twitch, I've actually been obsessed with Final Fantasy XI, much to Mia's chagrin. been super obsessed with Final Fantasy XI lately. I've played that for like eight weeks straight now but uh i think i racked up like almost 500 hours in the last eight weeks <laughs> oh my god i actually have a problem that's a lot of fun about but um i've recently added red dead 2 to my rotation and originally i'm mostly a sandbox streamer uh with you know cute kawaii cozy games that i've modded to be cottagecore style minecraft stardew valley um other things mm. like that but i'm hey shady lady on everything uh twitch twitter instagram all the good stuff you know Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you could totally go there, keep up with all of Hey Shady Lady stuff. Or alternatively, if you'd like to keep up with all the gaming news, you can visit uh, well all the all the latest news, all the features. You can get them at Gaming Magazine by going to GamingMag.com. Now, today is our uh, Valentine's Day special, which means that we need ourselves a super special guest. On this episode, we are joined by none other than Twitch streamer, VA content creator and dungeon master Havana Rama, otherwise known as the lovely Vana. Hello. Hello. I thought when you said VA, you were spelling half my name and then That's forgot. What to I is that how you say it? And yeah, that's that's exactly what I was doing. No, oh no, my no. goodness! I, Hi, I hello. Vo- you both hello. look lovely. Thank you for having me. 
No, you. No, you. How mm. how how has everything been treating you? How has this winter been for you so um, far? Pff, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> big question. Not the big question of the podcast, but a big question. Uh, yeah. Wow. The winter has been um, a super fun, cool, never bad time. <laughs> Mm. Mm. No, nothing, yes. nothing bad has ever happened to me in my life, actually. So wow. <laughs> very lucky. Yeah. That is extremely uh, No, lucky. I mean it's it's I think as for most people, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but staying grateful for the good days and just just doing my best to to plow through the bad ones, you know. So Totally. I I have absolutely been freezing to death this winter. There's uh yeah, it's uh it's it's not been ideal. Like heating bills have been shooting up in the UK and yeah. it's just like uh, uh, uh well, I guess yeah. I'm gonna freeze tonight, but be okay tomorrow, maybe. Let's ration this heat. Let's go. Oh my gosh. Where's uh, the throne wish list? Put that heated blanket on there. Oh my god, that is that is such a good idea. That's I think I've just what been saves ha- me during the winter is a, yes. a heated blanket. Can't mm. beat it. Can't trust myself with them though, because if I like, I put in like the bed or anything like that, I'll fall asleep, then just wait, up, wake up sweating in the middle of the night, being like, "Oh God, this is." I awful. guess you. I guess you have to choose the lesser of two evils. Then mm-hmm. I know somehow. Do you want to be freezing or sweating? Somehow I feel like I thrive with like a chill coming through my room when I'm sleeping. I actually sleep with my window cracked or like half open in yeah. the winter. Um, I think there's some really? sort of science behind it makes that. It's so hard like getting to get to be, out of bed, though. <laughs> getting to be cozy in bed when it is otherwise cold beyond the bed yeah, is yeah. is a very mm. cozy situation to be in. But mm-hmm. you really mm-hmm. have to, you really got to mitigate it, I think, and make my, sure you control as many variables as possible. <laughs> my solution for the, the cold now has been to get the hairdryer, lift up the blanket, just put it on for a little bit, just Look, back and forth, and then just climb me, inside uh, all that toasty. Is me with my little- get a heated blanket, you goober! I, I know little- I should! That is the like the most low run version. <laughs> That's this little space heater that I have under my desk. I've got a, like a little blanket, literally as we speak, like over my legs, and I'll just yes. like hold it over the space heater and let it like yes inside, yeah. and then I'll turn it off, and I'm like I'm set. Well, that's what they they do in Japan, right? With the tables that have the blankets on them, they oh, have yeah. a little space heater under there. I so want clever. one of those so bad. They're what, is, what are those looking. called? It's like the K, Ko, Kosetsu or something like that. Kotetsu. I don't know. They're cute as heck, like and that. they look very cozy. Can you imagine yes. just having? a little a little dinner in in the in a in the winter at one of those mm. Mm. Sounds so, i would love that so toasty yeah but that's basically that. what you're doing hey she <laughs> little, the homemade little version of that and you're all good mm-hmm. yeah absolutely <laughs> totally well um we're gonna we may as well just Kotatsu, thank you. Uh, we may as well just jump, dive right in to today's mm. big question. And today's big question is: What is the greatest love story in video games? Or oh, love stories? Uh, yeah. What, what? What? What's your take on the best love stories that you've experienced? Um, I will kick us off. Obviously, yeah. um, have any? Of, have either of you played Final Fantasy X? You know, this is a no. couple. I think I was going to bring up. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. I, if you wanna, if you wanna, no, you, wanna you, you probably know more than I do because I didn't end up uh, okay. actually finishing ten. But um, you've experienced most. Yeah. of Yeah. You just haven't. I haven't even played the sequel myself. I'm aware so of fine. ten, but I, have I played it myself? No, I have not. <laughs> okay. Well, let me set the scene for you. Uh, so, Final Fantasy 
10 uh, features two people who get into a bit of a slow burn relationship. Uh, it's this summoner figure who is the daughter of like a really famous summoner. Um, Yuna? Yuna, yes. Okay, yeah. And uh, she basically goes on a pilgrimage in order to uh, stop the big bad uh, called Sin by visiting all these different like uh, temple locations and, mm-hmm. and getting like blessings from each one, which gives her a new summon every time. It's really, really cool. Uh, but she ends up meeting with uh, Titus or Titus. Who are, that's yeah, a big yeah, debate yeah. on however you say it, <laughs> who is like isekai into this world from a different place called Zanakand. And it's, um, oh, he gets like thrown into the future and uh he is a, a blitzball star which is kind of like yeah. underwater soccer almost yeah, yeah, yeah. um and his father is also like really famous too so both of these people uh both Yuna and Titus they get to know each other and then they start to mutually connect over the fact that both of their parents are like really famous people and the burden that it is being like the children of them and having to mm-hmm. live up to those same expectations. Mm-hmm. Like Titus has a really, really rocky relationship with his father and he finds out that... I, actually, I'm not going to go into any spoilers since yeah, you haven't played it. It's definitely, definitely <laughs> worth playing. Um, but it's really, really cute watching the uh, relationship that develops over time with the two of them. I guess it's kind of like a little bit goofy especially in the moments with the with the ha ha scene anybody who knows what i'm talking about knows what i'm talking about yes i um, do have an alert that is the the oh, last really? you not played it oh, <laughs> it's one see, of those things where it's like i've i've been immersed in video game culture since the beginning of my existence so mm-hmm. i know so much about final fantasy and have played so little <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. Uh, definitely worth playing uh, is one of my favorite Final Fantasy games I, I feel like and again part of that is like the relationship between between the two uh, essentially the main characters and I feel like their relationship is is kind of believable because it's not like they instantly have a spark and they're all over each other it's kind of like again like a slow burn that goes yeah. over time would you Ugh. disagree Ty? No, I don't disagree. I'm just like I'm I've been playing Final Fantasy Nine recently and I'm thinking mm. about the romance in Final Fantasy Nine instead, which is like a little more um I mean, I guess I like I like the slow burn. Yeah, don't mind Toasty, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Your like she's parkour. She is this is her normal existence. Parkour. I don't even notice it anymore, but uh <laughs> yeah, she's just going ham bone today. But um yeah, uh, Final Fantasy X is good. It's got that slow burn, but it's like very like sweet love. Like it's very, mm. you know, and I like a little like bit more. Innocent. I like a little yeah, more yeah, spice yeah. in my life. Mm-hmm. So when we got okay. like uh, with Zidane um, in Final Fantasy IX, um, what's the what's language protocol this on this podcast? Can I say uh, you can swear, but just try not to be too excessive. Are you going to say he's a fuck boy? Yes. He to- he's totally a yes, fuck boy. Yes, that's what, yeah. that's what mm. everyone in my chat was telling me when I started playing it there. And I, and I was like, I love Zidane so much. Zidane was my favorite character ever. And then he's on the screen for like 10 seconds. And everyone's like, he's a fuck boy. And I'm like. His head is so big. Whoa. Why is his head so big? Whoa. <laughs> the art style of Final Fantasy IX. be asking why people's heads are so big. I can't. I just have. <laughs> the art style of Final Fantasy IX is so different from a lot of the other Final Fantasy games. And I think that's like a really cool charm about it is it's so unique looking compared to compared to the rest of the franchise. Um, mm-hmm. But he's, uh, I don't know, he's got his little, he's got his little monkey tail. He's got his like cute hair. He's a tail. Um, oh, I see. <laughs> yes. He's, he's a little sassy, cool little thief guy. And he's just like oh meets goodness. up with the, the female lead of the game and is immediately like turning the moves on and um it's Ooh, kind of a I little bit it. of a like 
uh, it's not even a will they, won't they, you know, it's going to happen, but it's also, uh, she's also just this kind of sassy and like edge up. So there's like a lot of banter and, um, what's her name? Uh, Garnet is her, is her name. Mm-hmm. And we'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, watching the two of them together is, I like maybe a little more my speed. I want a little more banter and fun and laugh and ha ha and um, uh, like, you know, poking each other um, so sort of a Sundara style kind of uh, I want a little bit more of that because I, I like laughing more than I like, like staring dreamily into the eyes while flower petals mm-hmm, float over mm-hmm. us, you know, like <laughs> like banter. Yeah, yeah. Like flirty, flirty banter. Yeah, yeah I agree. Mm. I feel I, like I to- will. Oh, go Sorry. ahead. Go ahead. I like I said with that specific relationship, I feel like to me it's just like him wearing her down over time, though, essentially, because he's such a chaser. He is absolutely like on top of her you know, constantly since the moment that he met her. It's just like, dude, give it a rest. Yeah, for but a she could leave at any point in time. She could yeah. she could she not could. be there. She could not she's playing along. Uh-uh. No, the dynamic. She could kill him, is, right? Say what? She could probably kill him. They could probably kill each other. Yeah, mm. that adds to mm-hmm. it a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've unlocked something inside of myself. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I don't know. I I I think I I can see what you're saying that he kind of wears her down over time. Um, because she's just I don't want to spoil any of the game if you haven't played it. Um, but uh, she she maybe is kind of stuck with him too. Like this is this is her opportunity here to. Uh, go on her journey but um but she could go and do anything at any time and i do think that um he's nothing like she's ever experienced and so there's the charm of that it almost kind of makes me think of the dynamic i know this isn't a video game but it makes me think of the dynamic entangled um a little bit um so Mm -hmm. it's it's that kind of like he's a little sassy banter like kind of like poking fun at her the whole time but is definitely like flirty um and she's a little like naive um but is also like doki doki heartbeat like yeah it's, it's that kind of dynamic and i i think that's a lot of fun i'm also it's mm. also made me think of i know this is not canon but it is to me but uh yaskier and Geralt. oh my god <laughs> like oh. him just being so annoying all mm-hmm. the time and like never leaving him alone and mm-hmm. in my head like eventually Geralt is just like you know, shut up, and then like they make out really hard. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Throws him against the wall, and just the yeah. longest passionate kiss that you can imagine. <laughs> the dream, I would, yeah. I would scream. Oh my just God. to get him to shut up, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, it's like he loves Yaskier, but he also is like deeply annoyed <laughs> and like sick of them. But that's where I love that type of dynamic. Yeah. I, I saw a tweet the other day that said um, the sluttiest thing a hero can do is show up at a villain's doorstep bloodied and bruised and say, I didn't know where else to go. And whatever that dynamic oh, is. Oh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's retweet. Retweet. Upvote. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. Definitely. Um, one that kind of comes out of like left field for me. Um, it's it's going to sound weird. Have either of you played uh, the new God of War? No, but I've watched quite yeah, a, bit watched of it. a bit. Yeah, watched a bit. Yeah. Okay. So, like, it, it's the romance there that's not seen. Essentially, that kind of like uh, touches my heart a little bit. That the at the beginning of the story, like, this is a woman that he loved that much that he's now going to take her ashes to like the highest peak in all of oh. the known realms. 
And you can just feel that sense of loss that he's going through throughout the entire journey, as well as like there's flashbacks in the in the second one as well, which yeah. gives you like glimpses of their relationship. And it was like, wow, this is a person that managed to transform him from like this rage machine monster from the earlier games into somebody who is like more contained and kind and like loving, so loving of his family and his own son that it's just like, it's, it's really, really very that sweet. That makes me think a and, little bit of uh, Wanda um WandaVision Wanda and oh, yeah. whatever the guy Wanda is Wanda Maximoff she's just a crazy and, killing machine but but mm-hmm. just wants to be like happy and in love <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god same mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, what we all want we're all crazy killing machines who just mm-hmm. want to be mm-hmm. happy a little hug every now and I just want I would love to stop killing and start loving but nobody will love me and that's on y'all so it's probably because of all the killing honestly like well <laughs> You, if you don't deserve me at my masculine spree, <laughs> you don't deserve me at my uwu uh, cuddle fort. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, other than that, I was thinking like one that stays with me. I can talk about a bunch of the different ones from Final Fantasy and mm-hmm. talked about like 10 because I just wanted to highlight one. Um, but if we're going like Square Enix uh, published games, then I feel like the relationship between Alex and uh, Steph Gringage in Life is Strange True Colors. I'm so glad um, you brought up Life is Strange because I was thinking that's got like really sweet romances in it mm-hmm. the whole time and sad mm. too. Sweet and sad. Yeah. <laughs> I've not played the first one, but with uh, True Colors, again, I don't know, this this must be me. I just really like, like the slow getting to know each other, kind of like a little bit flirtatious, but like kind of being friends at the same time and just generally over mm-hmm. time. This You have a choice between Can't two different relate. people that you can go after in um, in True Colors. But uh, if, if you go for, for Steph and make specific choices, at the end of the game, it's kind of like a them against the world type scenario which i personally kind of like really love it's like everybody else here are homophobic assholes but it's you and me baby and we're just gonna like take to the road and like take everything down kind of like a Thelma and louise type deal going on there but that's only specifically if you make certain choices though in that game so minor spoilers it's definitely worth jumping in and just seeing how that relationship progresses and and i honestly just love uh steph as a character uh she is queer she is a dj and she also loves geeky stuff and D. so it's like yes my poor heart my poor heart <laughs> any any kind of relationship between her and anyone else i was always gonna like completely fall for so me you're yeah. kind of ooey gooey and wholesome hold on a second <laughs> Me? Yeah. Me gooey and wholesome? Yeah. No. Like, I just want to fall no. in love slowly over time and then it's us against the world forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, I'm like, uh, punch me in the face and call me stupid. <laughs> no, <laughs> <just> yeah. <laughs> enemies, enemies to lovers. Uh, yeah, enemies yeah. to lovers to overall, life. Overall. <laughs> <sighs> totally. Totally, totally. totally. Uh, so uh, what about games with romance mechanics? Like what are your favorites, favorite games with romance mechanics? Oh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, really? Absolutely. Yeah. The Fire Emblem games? Okay. Okay. What What is specifically about Three Houses? Like what's, well, what's the just, gist there? The, How does that work? The character design. Uh, well, obviously. Yeah. Before and after the time jump are both delicious Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh i think it's got a good mix of like the characters are really hot but the dating mechanics are very wholesome 
So oh. I think maybe we could all be happy with them because like mm. the dating mechanics are essentially you give them gifts that they really like and then you can take them on tea parties. <laughs> tea oh my parties. God, and the tea party mechanic is so funny because you just have to make you have to based on like their personality and interests, you have to carry the conversation in the way that they would most enjoy. And if mm-hmm. uh, if you do it wrong, the date just like ends <laughs> and they're just like, no, I'm good. I, I really don't want to keep talking to you. But if you get all the ones right, you know, you get like a full um, a full date in a full tea mm. party in and, and you get some uh, you get more like bonus points for that. But I don't know. It's not even like necessarily that it's like good mechanics as much as like those those games are so character rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, I think you just, you know, at least for me, I just really fall in love with the characters and then, any, and then being able to have my character be, be actually in love with their characters. Like mm. that's some it's, wish fulfillment, you know, <laughs> I know in certain Fire Emblem games, you can have kids as well. Do you have kids oh, in this one? Not that I'm aware of. I've only no. played three houses and then I just recently started engage. Oh so. yes. Yeah. I mm. played the very, very beginning that I definitely need to give it. It's More good, time. yeah. Totally. And the DLC is just dropped uh, mm-hmm. the last direct. Mm-hmm. So, Ooh. I think I definitely I, I have to highlight like Mass Effect and Dragon Age in mm-hmm. terms of like the Bioware series of games. Considering that you can have like a relationship that develops over like three separate games and and just pick any of your crewmates to go after yeah, within yeah. reason. Obviously, they were like a little bit like you can't date a certain person or have like queer relationships in the the first one with mm-hmm. specific people. Um, but that obviously changed over time, and I mm-hmm. got my date with uh, Garrus Varkarian on on uh, the Citadel. So the wow. number of games Garrus, Garrus and fans could fill like the Atlantic Ocean. I swear to God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, I just love how like sometimes he's like seems so embarrassed over the whole thing because obviously there's a difference there. He's Turian and you're you're a human, mm-hmm. and obviously that poses its own questions too and he's just so awkward in public with you it's like it's so freaking cute but in terms of like just repeat playthroughs of that game and just going after all the different people i think that's done incredibly incredibly yeah Mm. yeah over Mm. multiple games i don't know another series that has done that uh, Mm. except bioware what about you i feel like any mechanics well i love any games that you love for that when i was thinking about this this topic i was like i feel like most of the romance games are like narrative games um Mm. where you there's cut scenes and you know what i mean um and i really don't play a ton of narrative games i I was as i was reflecting i was like i'm mostly like i was like what's the my what's the romance in minecraft um Uh, well, you know, I, I play a lot of solo player sandbox games or like right now I'm into an MMO and there's not really romance in that unless it's like with IRL people mm. and it's role play and that's a whole can of worms. But um, but I, I have had, uh, you know, several thousand hours in Stardew Valley and a huge. I knew you were going to bring this up. I yes. can't not mention it. I, like there's absolutely it's there's it's a there's a dating simulator in it. So I played a ton of dating simulators in my life, but I don't really when I think of like romance, I don't think of dating simulators. You know what I mean? I don't know. Why, that's what but. I said to me earlier <laughs> um, for some strange reason it doesn't come to my head yeah um but with stardew valley one of the things that i really loved about the game when it was first released because i grew up on the harvest moon series and a big point of harvest moon was get married in the game and uh have children in the game um Mm. and when stardew came out it was the first time i'd ever seen a farming simulator game that had same-sex 
um, options. And uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Um, so there's, you know, what, a dozen or so bachelors and bachelorettes to choose from. And as that game came out, I feel like that was like a, a game changer for the genre because there's been so many that have evolved on that take to having gender neutral player characters now with gender neutral options. Um, what is the game? Wildflowers comes to mind right now. It's a newer one that just mm-hmm. came out. Uh, that's like witchy uh, kind of harvest moon style. So you're, you're an, a witch that moves in with her grandmother and finds out you find out you're a witch through that and join the coven, but there's also dating simulator, farming simulator. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's honestly that's a amazing set character though. You can't, it customize. is a set character and that's yeah. the, that's the one, um, downfall or like negative to it but um mm-hmm. but it's also an indie company so you know uh so so is stardew but um that's that's the thing about star the stardew is all of the different characters and all the different romance options and there's all these the i love the give them gifts so it's mia's little slow burn here give them gifts over time um and uh they'll eventually warm up to you and then you get cut scenes um mm-hmm. and the, the 10 heart event dates that you get to go on really like make or break like oh yeah this is you know they took me on a hot air balloon ride okay hold on a second and then this one's yeah. just like you know i rescued them from their drunken stupor and it's like hmm. not that i can oh, fix shame. them trope um but uh <laughs> But, but it turns out you can actually. So <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Isn't that the end of the game? Like he gets sober and I guess so. Like but then he's got his farm. dirty footprints yeah. all through the house and he's got my house trashed. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, I was like, I'm not, I can't do this. Um, <laughs> not the Shane hate. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, but I saw another meme the other day that was like, I can fix him says a girl who's worse. <laughs> Yes, oh. that part, that part, yeah, absolutely. So it's it's absolutely. it's amazing to me, like how influential, as you saying, that Stardew Valley has been. Like at the last, I don't know, it was like a probably last E three esque thing. Um, there were there were so many like Stardew Valley like clones, kind of like offshoots so coming out billions. with like dating mechanics. Yeah, you could just just every other trailer was like that's basically just Stardew, but with this spin. Uh, it was really interesting to see. I feel like. A lot of like the dating mechanics in games in terms of like, we like to put a queer spin on things here, obviously, because we're gaming mag. Um, in terms of like exploring same sex relationships, uh, I, you got to give it to The Sims as well. The Sims like being a little bit groundbreaking out there and being like, yo, you can get these these Sims together. It doesn't really matter like what gender they are. You know, you can like just literally have them out there. I'm not really sure what the, the dating mechanics are in The Sims. I'm not sure if it's a good example of actual dating mechanics, but in terms of being like a, a game that kind of like set the course for like queer relationships in games, I definitely think that was that was very, very Just helpful. Just really quick want to mention chat says they can hardly hear Vanna, but um, oh. I'll follow up on The Sims question while you're doing that. Um, I haven't played a ton of Sims, but um, I, from what I've seen of it, I watch a lot of people play it uh, and it seems like super real life because it's like they they go on dates with each other and then they there's like a hit or miss like do they like each other so this one could say something and it's funny this one but this one's offended by it and or vice versa or this one tries mm-hmm. to do something romantic but it's creepy like it I think that that's like <laughs> a really cool uh it's more realistic feeling than most like in Stardew Valley. It's you can, you can give them a gift and they don't like it and their heart values go down, but it's, Mm. there's not, it doesn't feel like there's a random factor to, to Stardew. And it feels like there's kind of a little bit of a random factor in Sims, which is more like Mm. real life really. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I think, I think the thing with Sims though, is that like, 
you can you can grind it and fall in love with someone in like a single day. <laughs> uh, like you can speed run a romance if you wanted to. <laughs> and I definitely have in the past. And I that's that's something that I feel like is a detriment, but also a boon, depending on how you want to play the game. You know, uh, mm. I think it would be it. you would have to try to have a slow burn in Sims. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so okay in terms of like this was a hard question for me to answer in terms of like dating mechanics because i'm not really a fan of dating sims in general i just don't play them um just just i kind of avoid them mm-hmm. uh, not intentionally it's just not something that comes onto my radar i think it might be because like i'm demi personally so it's like i i don't really that probably explains why I like a slow burn relationship yes, yeah. that people get to know each other first actually <laughs> thinking about that Demi is um, like you what is Demi again uh, it means that that I'm not really like into just like chasing people. I kind of want to get like a, a relationship, get to know somebody first, and then like before there's a romance a or sexual yeah. side to it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. For me, like dating sims have always been like tick these boxes and then like win the prize, essentially. <laughs> you know, yeah. and like I I would prefer like games to have more of like hidden relationship mechanics i know that there's something like in the original final fantasy 7 that was really cute um that you ended up on a date at the gold saucer with like any of your party at the time depending on how you've interacted with them throughout the game Uh. but it doesn't say okay this is gonna lead to something it's like if you're like nicer to this specific character oh all of a sudden oh now you get to go on a date with them they're the one that who turns up uh, in the middle of the night to go on the date with you. I think there's something similar in Remake as well. Uh, there's like a garden scene and whoever turns up at that like um, garden scene at night is whoever you've got the most uh, like romantic kind of like rom- relationship. You've, you've kind of said the nicest things towards during the game. I'm not sure if you can end up with Barrett in that scenario because I haven't tried to do that, but I really want to try to do it. that now. Uh, well, you can end up with uh, with Barrett in the original game on a really? date. Really? Yeah, oh, which is which okay. is. I bet it's in the remake then. Which is really cool. I I, and I it's hope a it's date in the, in the game. Uh, yeah, yeah. You totally. Uh, so there's a place called the Gold Saucer, um, which is like a giant like casino essentially, and you get stuck there for a night, and you're just like walking around, and uh, because you can't sleep, and then somebody from your party will turn up and like let's go do stuff and go on the rides together and things, and it's whoever you've. I think like if you've. If you've completely balanced yourselves out between Aerith and Tifa, you'll end up going on a date with Barrett instead because it's uh, like you you oh don't no. really like either of these girls more. So go ahead, there's there's Barrett for you and like uh, hijinks. I ensue. love Barrett. That's who mm-hmm. I would want to go on a date with. <laughs> yes, he's a very I good mean, father. Like I, I Tifa. love him to death. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Uh, well, you know what? Let's move on to uh, to to another question then. Uh, who is your like all time favorite video game crushes? If we're gonna talk about yeah. like anybody from oh Final god. Fantasy VII, you say Tifa. I also say Tifa. A lot of people say Aerith. I say Tifa because you know she is independent she runs her she owns her own establishment mm-hmm. and she kicks all kinds of ass oh she's a uh, bad bitch for real mm-hmm. oh my mm-hmm. gosh absolutely. absolutely i love her and i think she's okay. so sweet she's just so nice 
Yeah, she's incredibly nice. She's like caring. She's kind of like motherly as well. She takes like care of Marlene too. Mm-hmm. She knows how to dress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've goodness. been going on at, at Ty here to play Final Fantasy VII for so long Years. at this point. <laughs> And uh, she still hasn't, and that pains me. But like, I'm not gonna lie; like Final Fantasy games, JRPGs in general, are very grindy, and I have mm-hmm. extreme ADHD and uh, <laughs> cannot focus that long extreme. on one thing. Like, it's it's an, <laughs> I get bored after about two or three weeks of a video game unless it's something sandboxy, and I really can't explain that. But it's just it's just no, what it that's is. super valid. <laughs> like, I think yeah, that's a pretty that's common experience, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like. I really have to enjoy a game to be to be on it longer than yeah. a day. A day sometimes, mm. you know. <laughs> there are so many unfinished games that I've started streaming, and it's just like, no, I'm never finishing this because something else just comes along <laughs> and grabs my attention. Like, Ooh, shiny! I'll play that instead. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, video game crushes. What What are you? What are yours? What are your video game Let crushes? Let me draw your everyone's attention to the um, remake of Spyro. No, wait, hold on a oh. second. Oh, oh, <laughs> <Hold> on <a laughs> second. <laughs> hold because on. Do we have a name? Uh, no, because it's like half the dragon designs in there are just like mega daddies. Like they're just <laughs> oh, so <no>. hot. Uh, <laughs> And I was playing that game whenever it came out, the the remaster. Um, and I would have to stop like every five minutes and like catch my breath because I was like, oh my God, who who is he? Because <laughs> you know how every time he unlocks a, a, a dragon statue, like an actual mm-hmm. dragon, the redesign mm-hmm. on those dragons is it is deliberately targeted to turn people into scalies and i don't know honestly <laughs> what else to I tell you like google i can see what you mean <laughs> wait give a, me a give me a character name i gotta uh, just google hold on, hold on, hold on. i got this it'll give you a whole i got this i got this where is it is it this yeah okay there's now everybody like uh-huh. can mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. one that's like a uh a, a um barista there's one that's like a painter. They I can't all have believe like... that you hear my favorite video game crush, and this is the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking at the same dragon? I'm looking at you. I'm looking at the dragons, and I they're they're like Pixar with the first personality in their faces. I can see it, but it, it's also like all right. Um, no, I mean, listen, you don't have to like what I like. I respect that, but mm-hmm. um, I am I am correct in this being my. I guess my for me, like I've never really awesome. been super into like the big Barra style. Um, I'm more into like the oh, sneaky okay, little yeah, yeah. boys. That's what they are. So. That is what they are. So mm-hmm. that's fair. That's absolutely fair. They're all barrel chested and like muscly and ready to like make you a cookie okay. <laughs> all right who, who else and what's on your list then ty who, unfortunately who? i'm gonna say zidane he was my very first video game crush um it, it was like right around the era where i was like really starting to get into like really starting to get into anime and video games and um so it was like gohan from dragon ball z only when he's super saiyan 2 and once he turns into saiyan man he's out um mm. and uh <laughs> you're not a to be to fair, 
No, absolutely not. Sammy is not rude at all. <laughs> Yamcha, okay, all right. Yamcha. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, can we talk about the Yamcha Tian ship? Because that is my favorite yes, ship. I love Yamcha in, Tian in yes. existence. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Continue. No, yeah, very, very I've, I've cute. talked to Linth about Zidane, but he's a very like specific archetype of characters that I like. Um, well, first of all, the look I like, and then Kuja in the game too. Kuja was the first. <laughs> time i saw a character where i go what am i <laughs> um so what so zidane I? is very like like he's very femboy to me but he's still mask kuja was a question mark doot, doot. it was like um tilda swinton and constantine when she played uh gabriel the angel and it's very like androgynous could be either um that and so like david bowie as uh the the goblin king in the labyrinth like the, these like very and uh what's the word i'm looking for uh fluid feeling characters that was the first time where i got i was like hold on what what <laughs> what am i um my first mm. time i questioned and was confused about my sexuality and um so i i like uh, very androgynous characters and so i tend to like very femboy but unfortunately like the the type of characters i'm the type of people i should say i'm usually into are not usually into me <laughs> um so it's uh unfortunate Felt in that, that regard but um <laughs> but yeah Z- Zidane is uh, a good one he's this archetype that's like it's kind of the fuckboy energy but if you think like duo Maxwell from Gundam Wing um Koga specifically Koga from Inuyasha is another character mm-hmm. that's like um I think Duke Devlin from Yu-Gi-Oh is another type of this this archetype that I like it's like a really rough and tumble lots of jokes kind of like an asshole uh but really not an asshole like sweetheart but they're they're like Wolfwood from Vash the Stampede yeah and actually I yeah. guess like now that you say the word wolf like they've got kind of like wolfish feeling like a, like archetypal energy to him i like foxy type of energy too so like fox mm-hmm, mcleod mm-hmm. uh <laughs> you have um, a crush on fox <laughs> oh wait wait robin hood the fox you robin did not hood. make fun of me for like i wasn't making fun of you i was being i was being cautiously like, cautiously curious about it <laughs> i was like wait muscly dragons no and like the fox from from the stupid oh, uh from what's the one with the fox and the bunny and it's a pixar movie zootopia zootopia or, i love yeah. foxes oh, like yeah. foxy foxy like type of yeah, characters yeah, yeah. um so the mm. robin hood fox like all like and then even like uh like there was another one with george clooney as a fox the amazing mr fox no yeah fox dudes are <laughs> yeah no i feel you okay. Okay. i feel you i i i will say there was definitely um in recent years let's say uh one of my personal faves has got to be a uh, link from specifically from Breath of the Wild. I love Link uh, if, in Breath of the Wild, yes. If only because you can uh, pop Link in the Gerudo outfit and just uh, just appreciate the femboy the energy. energy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cosign, retweet, upvote. Absolutely. <laughs> I love him so much. I love him so much. Just the fact that that game like plays with 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 gender in that way kind of like that it's like he's he's the strong silent type he's not afraid of his like feminine side he's willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done but he's also extremely protective like i absolutely adore that and uh he could i i would go on a date with him any day of the week yeah and so uh yeah I, i i i love him i love him to death he's great he's great i feel like we can't talk about characters were attracted to without talking about Hades. I was wondering oh. if Hades was going to come up because I feel like this is like <laughs> the like 
hot character game. Because that is like the just the like bisexual wonderland. It, it is wall to wall, yeah, hot characters uh, in that game. Oh, I have like Lord. a huge print of Meg Megara over here, but I'm also mm. super attracted to Zagreus. And I love the Zagreus um, and uh, Thanos ship. Huge fan of that. Oh, my goodness. I haven't I'm played Hades, but a... I have had the Hades soundtrack on loop for about two months straight because it's one of the best good. video game soundtracks. Anybody in chat right. got recommendations of anything like that genre of music that I could replace it. But uh, I haven't played it yet. I, I got it on the Steam sale Mommy. a couple like a month or two ago. Um, but I don't, I'm not really like a roguelike person. So, uh, okay. I am not either. And I, and I, I am able to get into this okay, game. Okay. Okay. I, I think give it a try. I okay. think give it a try. <laughs> I think the story is rich enough. The characters are hot enough. <laughs> the <laughs> gameplay is snappy enough that it's, it's a little bit more approachable than I think some other roguelikes out there. Yeah. Plus there's, uh, apparently there's romance options in this game yeah. too. Like you yeah, can, yeah. you can. You can get to know people and, and uh, form <laughs> relationships them. with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, Indeed. you you have you have the sexual encounters mm-hmm. with with these mm-hmm. with some of these individuals. Wow, that's mm-hmm. uh, and, again <laughs> every design is just like it's it has so it has you sweating. The gameplay might have mm-hmm. you sweating, but the designs have you sweating as well. <laughs> oh my goodness! In constant oh, panic. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Megara's voice acting alone, even without the character design, is is. Uh, mm-hmm. I unfortunately must bring up Farah from Overwatch. <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk Overwatch. Yeah, there's so oh. many characters. I was like Farah. There's Sombra. Is Zara the one I'm thinking of? And just like big, oh beefy my god, lesbian. yes, Zarya, mm. <laughs> because she's also like really like soft and sweet. So she's got that like uh, dragon, that Spyro dragon arc. You know, yep. big and buff, I but they'll bake you a too, cookie. I guess. Yeah, it's got I that really kind of May. She's I was so gonna say so sweet. Sombra, mm. like uh, little but cupcake. Sarah, I think is just like the because she's got that androgynous feel to her. What's her name? Say it one time. Sarah. She's the the. How do you spell P H A R A H. She's the one that rockets into the oh, sky. Oh. Um, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh. And yeah. she's specifically like she's got uh, a sporty like basketball skin that's um. Uh, you can see her her little abs going on, and it's uh, <laughs> it's yeah, pretty poggers. Um, pretty poggers. But I also really like Soldier Seventy Six, who's kind of like a normie, like. But he's there's something because they've got him. He's got like the cool dad energy. They've even given him skins where he's like got the grill master and stuff. So he's this this like gruff like soldier, and he's been in it, and he's weathered, and he's hard to approach. But he's also just like sweet and wants to take like wants to take care of the team, but wants to take care of you specifically. Um, in my fan fictions, okay. I'm just getting um, an Overwatch fan fiction yet. This is the worst quality picture, and I'm sorry for the uh, audio listeners out there, but uh, yeah, this is this is Grillmaster Soldier seventy six. <laughs> the- yeah, that's a dad. Yeah. He's got socks and sandals. Just, literally, they just really embrace the like dad energy of soldier because it didn't start out like that. But everyone started calling him Dad seventy six after a while. Oh my god! And then the okay. the yeah the the behind the scenes team just kind of rolled with it. No, I'm definitely into just like a wide dad. <laughs> There's something the about wider the dad, dad energy, yeah. not not whiter but but wider with width wise mm-hmm. <laughs> big, big daddies the dad, yeah the big daddies yeah <laughs> big mm-hmm. daddies speaking of big daddy how about big daddy from the no. the, the, the that game Bioshock. No, Bioshock? <laughs> i don't 
know that there's a They're person robot. even in there. No, it's just a big robot. I said, she, 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 she yeah. don't love that, that huge suit I of like that, metal with the drill. Come on. Okay, wait, wait, wait. wait. If we're going off on like weird shit, then how about Pyramid Head? <laughs> oh. oh my okay, God. But why is his butt so good? <laughs> to be fair. It, you know what? That pyramid head works, though. Like, when I said punch every, me in the face just and a, call me stupid, just, like, literally skin me. <laughs> literally decapitate me, skin my body, and throw me on the floor. I love you so, so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get That's even really weirder disturbing. then. What about like Nemesis from Resident Evil 3? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding on that yeah, one. That's, that's, that would I be mean, horrifying. He's got built in whips, yeah. He does have built in whips. <laughs> what dem whips do? What do whips do? <laughs> okay, hear me out. Freddy Fish. <laughs> Freddy Fit. Wait, who's Freddy Fish? Is it a literal fish? I don't know. About this. It was like a click and point game when I was Freddy a child. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm looking okay, this hear me up. Out. Putt putt. <laughs> putt putt. I, you're saying a bunch of stuff that I have no reference to, no, but joking. I can see Freddie Fish. And you know what? Hear me out. Bowser. Okay, but Bowser for yeah, real. Bowser, yeah, Bowser, yeah. No, 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 no. That's like actually really valid. The dragons from the spiral remaster. I'm a hypocrite. So what can I say? I'm, I'm a so hypocrite. <laughs> They're the same. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Okay, gosh. I shouldn't have Googled sexy Bowser. I don't know why I did that. You are going to get just porn, actually. No. Mostly. Yeah, actually. I can't show that on Twitch. Look, oh, the Bowser X okay. Luigi stuff that's going around has been mm. some of the, the greatest shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I'm into it. I ship it. Valentine's Day is here and Adam Mail have got you covered now and all year round. Adam Mail are an award-winning provider of sexual health products who offer discreet packaging, 24-7 customer service, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee with 90-day no-hassle returns. For many people, sexual health is an important part of life. And around Valentine's Day, the best gift that you can get is to show your loved ones just how much you care about them. But what we love most is that Adam Mail donate 20% of their profits to help fight the spread of HIV around the world. So a purchase from Adam Mail not only makes you and your loved ones happy, uh, you're also doing some global good too. Head to adammail.com and use code GAMING for 50% off one item and free shipping in the US. Again, that's adammail.com and code GAMING. That's G-A-Y-M-I-N-G. Some items may not be eligible for the full discount. Now, back to the podcast. Okay, well, we certainly learned a lot about each other. (laughs) Nice to meet you, everybody. (laughs) There. Uh, oh but you goodness. know what, uh, Vanna, it's it's actually time for your spotlight. So we're going to get oh. to know you a little bit more. I think you've uh, known the most intimate parts of me already, <laughs> but, but let's go ahead. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. This is where we get down and dirty with uh, even more info. So. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm going to start where, where I start with everybody. Uh, during my research, usually what I do is I, I use a certain websites to go back and try and figure out when people started streaming. Oh. With you, it was difficult because you were before the cutoff of that site yes. started tracking yeah. data. Yeah, so yeah. I have no idea when and how you started streaming. And I would love to hear uh, about that. I've been streaming for eight years. 
Over eight years. Uh, I think my anniversary is in October. So last October right. was eight years. Um, and not all of that has been like full time or anything. Like I started off mm-hmm. super casual eight years ago. Um, and then I've been full time for four or five years, okay. which is wild to consider. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's so long. And like, how do you, how do you feel like the, the streaming has changed? Is it, has it gotten easier for you or, or no. like <laughs> much harder? <laughs> I mean, I guess in terms of like mechanically, I know the ins and outs. I mean, I still mm-hmm. mess it up on the daily, but you know, starting from a point where it was like, not only was I new to it, but there was way less resources yeah. uh, eight mm-hmm. years ago. And also um, like the community was very cagey. Like, I feel like the okay. community now is much more like uh, open to sharing information and helping mm-hmm. each other out and a rising tide. But back then, I don't know if it was like in general or like the part of Twitch that I had some sort of connection with. But it was just like it didn't feel like anybody wanted to help anybody, um, mm-hmm. you know, or at least at least not me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, lots of yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. So I think now as in terms of that, it is much easier um, that I have the knowledge to just like uh, do what I got to do to push the stream live. But it is the the career, I guess, is much more saturated. So Mm -hmm. it's like uh, it's just hard. It's harder to get viewers. It's harder to get followers. It's harder to maintain CCV. Like it's definitely like a struggle, like like where I'm at, like just based on numbers Mm -hmm. alone is uh much lower than where I was at three years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like really a lot of people <laughs> can can say the same though. It yeah. just it feels like uh with the pandemic, uh it's essentially like watered down the amount of viewers like everybody has has access to. You had that boom and then suddenly that boom kind of yeah. like has has calmed down a bit. And so everybody's like dropped and it's a little bit a little bit scary times. Yeah. But I mean I still feel like I still look at myself now and feel like I am happy and successful. Yeah, but like yeah, from totally. a speci- a solely metric situation. I am performing worse. <laughs> We're all performing worse. Don't you worry. Um, but let's let's you know let's focus on 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 your stream. I'm always impressed by the production values of your streams. Just in general, like some of the best uh, overlays around. Uh, I absolutely love them. Uh, I love the cozy the cozy vibes. Uh, some of the the chaoticness that makes its way into your uh, streams at times. Uh, but I wanted to talk. TTRPG because I feel like a, a lot of your content can like come back to uh, tabletop role playing games. So for starters, I want to know how, how did you get into TTRPG in general? Like, oh, man. Um. So I think it was high. Yeah, high school. I um. I didn't have a lot of friends, and they were all like really nerdy boys, and we were all very straight edge on accident. <laughs> like not like mm-hmm. we're straight edge to make a point. Like we were just like um not cool. <laughs> And so uh, and so we were just uh, getting into other things uh, to keep ourselves busy because I grew up in a semi small town. And one of the boys I was friends with, like, was like, hey, why don't you come to my D&D group this weekend? And we met at this local comic shop um, and they they would play for like, you know, anywhere between four and seven hours. uh, Just but they only meet, you know, once a week, but they just go all day. So mm-hmm. everybody would get like a whole pizza and a whole two liter. And then we just like hammer out seven hours of Damn. D&D for, I think it was 3.5 back then. But that it was so really funny fun. because it was like me and my friend who were like, I guess probably 15 or 16. Right. And mm-hmm. then all the other players were like 
in their 30s or 40s. (laughs) And it was such, I don't remember anything untoward happening. I'm sure Mm -hmm. something happened. Different times back then. Uh, Right. Well, uh, you know, and because I was also the only girl there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I imagine there was something that I've blocked out in that thing. But uh, after high school uh, in college, I didn't have a lot of people to play with. Uh, I didn't have anyone to play with. So I, uh, you know, incidentally took an extended hiatus from tabletop RPGs up until I moved to Los Angeles in 2016. Uh, And then I when I moved out to L.A., I didn't have any friends and I didn't have any I didn't have a job and I didn't have a place to live like I just went out there <laughs> with nothing for some reason <laughs> with a hope and a dream with a, sounds, from, from sounds Kansas, of it. it was very stereotypical wow. honestly I got off a bus or something you know and was just like my welcome to my new life <laughs> wow <laughs> but uh so I was just like on trolling Facebook pages and like Craigslist and like everywhere I could to just like not only try and find a job but try and find a way to connect with people like Mm -hmm. make friends and find a community in Los Angeles since I didn't have one. Uh, And one of the calls that I answered was from a saving throw show, uh, uh, another Twitch channel that is very near and dear to my heart, also on YouTube. Um, Mm -hmm. And they were just like, had to put out a call that was like, and I think it was like on LA actors network kind of website or Facebook page. Uh, And they were looking for someone who had experience with tabletop RPGs, but also had experience with live streaming and improvisation. And that was like, those are all my boxes. Those are all my main things. So I was like, bam, yeah, I'll do it. And so I went with for like a um, basically a tryout where I just sat in on a singular episode. And then from there, they would see like if I was a good fit or not. Uh, and then I just never left. Like they just had they were like, we'll just come back next week and we'll, we'll keep it going. And then I was just like on that show for the mm-hmm. that show on that day of the week for like the next two or three years. Uh, and then from that, I got so many opportunities. Uh, very, very luckily and very grateful to work with like um, uh, to work with Geek and Sundry. And uh, when they had their uh, alpha off offsite program and uh D beyond and you know et cetera et cetera I've, uh, mm-hmm. all those sort of like i can trace the line of like from saving throw to <laughs> to the person i met on saving throw who's from here and then and then over, and then it, yeah so oh that's, that's so cool um yeah you mentioned there obviously that that uh you have like obviously improvisational skills i actually read and i'm not sure how accurate this is that you have over 10 years of improv skills and like eight years of stand-up is that yeah yeah how how do you do you feel like like (laughs) that certainly helps when it comes to uh to being a content creator on twitch and and in 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 general and like how how have you applied that to to what you do yeah i i think that's why i was so drawn to streaming is because i had already been doing improv for a a, a, quite a while by then Mm. and uh it's something that i really love but it's also something like you need a group of people together to do it you need a you know to perform it anyway you not to do Mm -hmm. it i guess but to perform it which is part of the fun for me is is performing for an audience and making people laugh. Um, and, you know, you need a place to perform it. Um, and so Twitch kind of felt like to me, like suddenly I could do improv by myself with nothing and go nowhere. <laughs> oh my you know, so it just like, you know, it, it went from like, uh, I think I had a steady performance weekly at that point. But then I was like, I could do it every night if I wanted to, you know, and that was really mm-hmm. fun and exciting to me. Uh, and I think it does it does really help with with Twitch because Twitch feels so much 
more approachable to me with since I have those skills than like um, I've tried to do YouTube content a couple times and I I can't. I'm just like it's just a completely different ball game, especially if you're like scripting things or editing really heavily. Totally. Uh, and it just that the skill sets I've gotten from from improv and comedy like have no application <laughs> basically yeah. like so. live content hell yeah scripted mm-hmm. content not so, so much hard. like I mean, super mega power to the people that do it like I'm so impressed always I think a lot I, about um, improv when I think of Twitch um, because. I, I specifically when my head started thinking around how improv skills would be useful for streaming was when um, I kind of compared the, t- the Twitch chat to a stand up comedian being heckled and how yeah, yeah. how the comedian handles a heckler Crowd and, work. and how Crowd uh, work, how yeah. a streamer handles a troll in the chat. Like mm-hmm. if you can banter and play off of it, everyone in the chat is cheering. But if you get like red faced and angry, get him out of here. You're ruining my show. Then it's really embarrassing right. and cringy for everybody. <laughs> mm. Some people are into that, right? <laughs> well, I mean, wow. I guess I guess that could be part of your character too. It depends, right. but, but sure. I guess it's it's does it like that would certainly not be in my character. That would certainly not no, be. I feel yeah. like most of ours here. Like if we mm. we start getting sweaty and salty, and and then thirty minutes turns into just ranting about people ruining right. your your stand. I get embarrassed. You know? Yeah, it gives you secondhand embarrassment. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or even if totally. like, I think I've only gotten angry a couple times on stream, I think, which is pretty good considering eight years, yeah. but I'm always so embarrassed afterwards. I'm just like, oh God, why did I let that delete, delete me? the VOD, like, delete the VOD, delete yeah, the VOD. Seriously, I think I usually did or, or something, which is like, no one can know that I have feelings. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've definitely had my moments uh, like that as well. Um, but in terms of like uh, circling back onto TTRPG, I know you've done a lot of DMing and I kind of want to like talk about that in general. Um, how do you go about like creating stories on your worlds? I am really player focused. So okay. sort of my ultimate goal with GMing is that the number one, the people at my table feel safe and comfortable Number two, that they have fun and they're engaged with the story. And then number three, that it's like a good show if it's a live stream, you know. Um, and I think that I think that that's generally called like a, a spiral campaign when you plan sort of you get all the characters, you get their backstories. And then from there, you kind of start to create a narrative so that you can really easily weave in. It's almost like a braid, you know, like you're mm. taking this character's backstory and then okay, what do, what do I kind of want to do that feeds into that and then pulling it over so and then taking another person's backstory. And then, you know, at the end, you've got this whole, this beautiful mm. fishtail, you know? <laughs> See, that's so interesting to me because I always was, I was always under the assumption that like you just start from scratch and build a world and then drop characters into it. But that makes so you much more can. sense. That is definitely a style. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just not, it's just not the way that feels best to me just because I'm really player focused Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, I'm it's much for me, it's much less about the story that I want to tell and more about the story that we can tell together. Um, And I think if you plan everything out to a, to a T before you even plop the players in, whether you're intending to or not, you're restricting some of their own contributions to Mm -hmm. that, to that story or to that world. Interesting. Um, but I do love I do love to start with a little bit of a structure, though. So I've, I've historically used um, pre-written modules and pre-written adventures uh, or pre-written settings. So mm-hmm. right now my main campaign is higher education um, and we're using the Strixhaven setting, which is the like mage school. 
Um, but we're not using the module or adventure in the book at all. So just using that setting and some of like the NPCs that are involved. And I think it's just nice to have a starting point, you know, just like a landing, (laughs) like a landing, uh, space that you can kick off from is helps me a lot. Um, because I think with too much option, I get really intimidated (laughs) and I, I wouldn't know where to start, you know? So Absolutely. between that and and the sort of weaving in whatever my characters are wanting to to play. And usually in session zero two, I ask, like, um, what kind of story do you want to tell and what kind of themes are you looking to explore? And uh, do we want it to be really battle heavy or no battles at all or really role play heavy or like an even mix or like a 730, you know? So setting those guidelines and again, establishing them with the players and not just on my own, I think is much more uh, beneficial to how I want to play the game. (laughs) I I think that's uh, incredible. That's crafted with the wants and needs of the players in mind first, rather than being, okay, what's going to, is this going to make like a a good show or anything like that? I'm assuming like if the players are just having fun, then it's just going to come through and uh and in the experience for everyone yeah and i'm just really lucky to get to play with so many just like brilliant and uh skilled and talented people that it's just like i am every session i'm inspired by my players that it's like they they introduce something in or out of character that hadn't occurred to me or i hadn't fully fleshed out or whatever Mm -hmm. and then then i'm like you know i can just tease that out and it's like it's like i i get gifts (laughs) every day and i kind of get to to open them and and place them where i like but um i really i really enjoy the collaborative uh nature of storytelling in that's interesting as well because um i'm not sure if i'm i'm just like projecting but i i feel like a lot of your campaigns like feature like queerness in general or have queer themes is that something that's uh is intentional on your part do you just think it just happens because you know you happen to be queer yourself and is it important to you that your your campaigns like feature like queer stories or yeah i think um i think it's maybe not queerness is the focus but diversity Mm. diversity uh, yeah sorry is the is the no i mean no you're right that Uh, makes more sense all my players are queer (laughs) 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 it just so happens that way but um but yeah i think i i think one, when I'm putting on especially like a broadcasted program, one of the main things I'm thinking of from a producer standpoint, not a GM mm-hmm. standpoint, but a producer standpoint is representation. And it's like we we have plenty of fucking sorry, fudging. That's no, fine. <laughs> like milk toast, five cishet white dudes at a table, you know, making their their ding dong jokes while they uh, play their little horny dwarf. You know, like mm. we get it like we we've been there. We've done that. Like, that's not the stories I want to hear or that's not the stories I want to uplift at at this point in time. Like, I want to uplift the stories and experiences and perspectives of people that do not have the same uh, level or size of platform as mm. cishet white dudes have in not only the content creation space, but in the tabletop RPG space as well. And I, and I mean, in general, <laughs> so um and i think it just so happens that it's like there was a lot of uh a lot of queerness and it's so funny you mentioned that too because it's like i i'm i'm very confident that the only reason 
that I connected with my queerness in the way I did is because of tabletop RPGs. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, so when I before I was out of the closet, uh, when I was in character, I would I would not it would not bother me what what gender the NPC I was flirting with was right or mm-hmm. or what they're you know who they are or what anything like I was just like if I thought they were hot like I'd go for it and and we jam you know and um and looking back I'm like wow I was really exploring like <laughs> what I'm comfortable with and uh I think that's a really co- like not an uncommon experience um and Riley Silverman has a really great article I think it's probably four or five years old at this point but really great article about how they discovered uh their transness through their role-playing experience and it's really beautiful and Mm. i don't know i think it's just one of those things where you get to be whoever you want and your subconscious kind of takes the wheel a little bit and it's like actually who's here's who you really want to be like who's here's who you actually are and i'm just going to project that onto this tiefling so i don't know if y'all are like witchy minded at all but there's in in like the the witchy sphere that i'm in there's something called shadow Shadow work, which is where yeah. yeah, you're working you're working on your shadow or you're becoming aware of your repressed subconscious desires and needs and whatever and trying to work with them so they don't they don't accidentally take control of your life and cause you to do, you know, wacky stuff. But um <laughs> listening to you talk about that right now, I'm like hold on D and D is shadow work question mark. I I think that is super valid. I think, I think, yeah, maybe, maybe not to everybody, but, but I love that though. Like you, you get to be a part of yourself that you're kind of afraid to show in your real life and you get to experiment with it and kind of try it on and see how you like behaving like that. Maybe those characteristics will start to become a little more present in your daily life because you get to be confident in expressing it because it's just role play. It's not really me. It's this character. It's not really me. It's this character. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's also how I came to like uh, to sort of embrace uh, more of my gender fluidity, too, is like I, you know, after hitting that point of like kind of exploring my queerness uh, in that regard, then I was like I just like started either playing just like exclusively boys or uh, any films that I played were always in were always parading as men. Oh, wow. (laughs) You know, and I was like, huh, I'm sure that has nothing to do with it. I'm sure it has nothing to do with anything. Um, And that's just made me much more comfortable with like myself and and like why I now feel much more comfortable representing myself as more masculine. Uh, Mm. Whereas like two, three years ago, like I, I wouldn't go on, you know, I wouldn't go on stream without a full face of makeup and long hair and, (laughs) Mm. and, you know, um, uh, a cheeky smile in my going live pic, you know, like it just felt like femininity was the very call important. out on me. Hold on. Sorry. I got a lot to think about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, bring it, bring this back to, uh, to, to the, to the professional side of things in your, your career. Obviously you mentioned that you worked with a lot of different organizations, whether it's like, uh, Gen Con, Wizards of the Coast, Geek and Sundry, Saving Throws, you said, um, and obviously that means like countless de- uh, the campaigns, whether you're a GM or a player. Uh, wh- what are some of the moments that are memorable to you? Is there, is there anything that you remember fondly? Is there any stories that, that like live inside your heart? It's like bottomless, uh, to be honest. And there's a, and and there's a lot of bad times, too. There's like a lot of bad memories, too, which I think I just to mention that to say that it's like uh, not to present like sort of that Instagram 
Mm. you know, picture perfect life, but there's definitely ups and downs with it. And I think the introduction of safety tools into my life was like into my, my life in relate in relation to tabletop RPGs was like a total game changer. Mm. And I realized like, no, I get to be like, feel safe and comfortable and taken care of while I explore these things and tell these stories. Um, but one of my favorite games to run is called good society. And it's a Jane Austen inspired tabletop RPG. That's very like role play focused and uh, I love it so much. And I ran my first campaign of it. And I think it was one of like my first longer term, longer term GMing projects too. So I was like really worried. But at the end of the mini series, there was just the most like picture perfect moment between two of my players. And they'd kind of had this, um, I guess, getting back on theme to today, they'd sort of had a touch and go romance and like, will they, won't they? And, you know, of different stations. And one of them had like left this event in the rain and the other had like run after them. And they had this like perfect magical kiss in the rain. And I lost it. I was sobbing. I was Aww. sobbing. So shout out to um, Abria Iyengar and, and Nega Oryx because... It was just like one of those moments where I had to like, it was like watching a movie, you know, like mm. it, it's, it's just so interesting how things can build up uh, when you're just pulling like in, in such a narratively powerful way, when at the end of the day, you're just pulling it all out of your ass, you know, like we're all pulling it out of our asses and, and shoving it together. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, it was just so poignant and beautiful and I I could like see it and feel it and I'm like getting goosebumps now thinking Aww. about it like Aww. it was so it was so beautiful so I think that's when I think about a lot but I would say like endless things I think especially if you um you know uh, pl- play with you know more than just like your set group of people you know what I mean I feel like especially with home games I think it's easy for people to be like these are my closest friends and I will I will just be keep playing with them. But it's like then you kind of rid yourself on the opportunity to to get these other perspective and these other insights and these other um, methods of like role playing and and uh, and gamifying and uh, and the stories you're never going to hear because whether we're intending to or not, like we are pulling from our lived experience when we are telling those stories in a tabletop RPG in one way Mm -hmm. or another. Um, and it was just so beautiful. I might have still been in the closet then. I can't remember. <laughs> but I but it was a kiss between two uh two women characters and I just like it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> and That's I just so lost it. So it so, sounds like the, the gaming space uh was a really big helper for you to kind of like understand your sexuality and and yeah. be confident to like leave the closet as you said. Yeah. I think specifically tabletop RPGs um and then, uh, honestly, uh, getting sober. <laughs> I've been sober for two years in March. Congratulations. That's, That's yeah, incredible. So I think those okay. were the two big things was just like being able to have a safe space to explore my uh, sexual and gender identities. Um, and also just like having the clarity of mind to allow myself to question those explorations. <laughs> That was sort of the the one two punch, I think. Great, that's uh, that's honestly inspiring uh, and <laughs> kind of fantastic to hear. Honestly, um, 
we always kind of like wrap up these questions with uh, generally, obviously, your experience as a content creator, as obviously a queer person. Um, there's going to be a lot of queer people like listening and watching that aren't necessarily into content creation that they've, they've maybe not started themselves. So if you had any advice that you could give to somebody who is part of the LGBTQI plus community wanting to get into streaming or content creation or or improv or even tabletop RPG, what 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 would that be? What would that advice be? Well, with content creation, I think my number one would would be just be gentle with yourself. Um, so much of it, almost, I would say 99.9% of it is out of your control. (laughs) Mm. You know, uh, people who have made it big, it's because they are good at what they do and they, and they put on a good show, but it also is a a healthy mix of right place, right time, lightning in a bottle kind of shit. Um, and if you're constantly holding yourself to that standard, you're going to be so unhappy and it's going to be so hard to move forward. So just be gentle with yourself, be kind to yourself, show yourself grace. Uh, and it's, it's cheesy as heck, but just, just focus on what makes you happy and, uh, and that you have fun with. Cause I, I genuinely think that's what people are drawn to. Like if you are enjoying yourself that, uh, reverberates through your content and, and can be felt and, and picked up and appreciated by your audience, um, for tabletop stuff or improv, just do it, just yeah. do it. Just do an improv. You can literally type in your city and then type improv class or improv meetup or it, it just your city and improv. Something will come up. Like if there's like a local theater, I'm sure there's something. If there's uh, a local group, you know, and just and just, you know, push yourself out of your comfort zone to especially I think with the pandemic, it's so hard. I mean, it was already hard. Yeah, but it's even harder mm-hmm. to like kind of put yourself out there, at least for me. You know, um, it sucks because I had joined an improv class like late 2019 no yeah <laughs> and then the pandemic hit and i was like yeah. are you kidding me you know like but yeah i know some went online for a little oh, bit oh that's i never th- well i but there's something about the physical exchange of energy that that really no makes you're right pop, you yeah. know like <laughs> if, if you have to though i don't think online is a bad yeah, choice but true. i do agree that it's like part of improv is kind of sharing that energy and and a big part of improv is being able to especially once you've worked together with a group for a while is being able to sort of anticipate each other's next move yeah. and that's really hard to do through a screen and also just through like the inevitable delay between <laughs> it was really like I felt really cringy the first time I did uh with the improv class and I like wasn't that funny and I was because it was so I have really bad stage fright in person that's why streaming works so well for me um yeah. but I love performing but the first couple of times I did it it was like sweaty and you know like stuttering and stumbling over the words but the more stupid you get out of the way at the beginning, the less embarrassed you are by being stupid going forward and, or like not funny or whatever it is. And then eventually the stage fright starts to subside and then the good moments start to come out. So yeah, I don't know. It makes me think of adventure time with Jake, the dog, like the first step to being really good at something is sucking at something. So (laughs) yes, I love that so much. No, it's, it's, that's a hundred percent cosign reads me up. Um, and then also it's just exposure therapy, you know, mm. like that's that's like a legitimate way to to get over a fear is just little by little introduce it to yourself and uh, or inter- introduce yourself to it. And uh, and it's probably going to suck for a while, but it's not going to suck forever. Um, yeah. And I think it's the same with tabletop RPGs is like it is more accessible than ever to find an online via online 
uh, channels to find a game to be a part of. There are whole sites dedicated to it. There are forums. Um, you can put together your own campaign and do a call for players. You can do that. on. I've done it on social media before. I mean, obviously be safe and, and vet people and don't and, you know, allow yourself to, to exit if it's uh, unsafe or uncomfortable. But it's like you, you you can just you can just do it. You can just do it. Like, just be like, look for a listing of, of someone who's looking for players. Apply, start your own game, put a put a call out for players like. Uh, you can do it. And then a lot of, uh, if you have local like game stores, a lot of local game stores have like a dedicated night for like D and D or like newbies to D and D or open campaigns or things like that, or they have a sign up sheet for like local games that are looking for players. Like you just got to do okay. it. You just yeah. got to do it. And then, and then trust your gut with it. If it feels bad, it's bad, you know? Cause again, like I said earlier, like tabletop RPG community is not, perfect by any means and it's not inherently safe by any means so um you know do put yourself out there but also you know be mindful of how things feel and you know if if you're in a position to do so encourage uh the groups you're a part of to use safety tools and i don't know take take care of yourself first and foremost mm. <laughs> yeah and i'm assuming like if if a situation is going south it is fine to remove yourself yeah, from that just group leave. Too. Just <laughs> leave. Yeah, do that. not. You don't need to compromise your boundaries uh, or uh, feelings of safety and security for anyone. Great, and that includes with even even if it's just a game, because people mm -hmm. use that as a cover a lot. It's like, no, bro, you just like <laughs> triggered the shit out of me. Like, it's yeah. not just a game. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. don't yeah. don't let anybody like gaslight you about that shit. Because mm -hmm. even if it's just a game. Character blade character bleed is real and also people can go into a game with uh nefarious intent yeah, on yeah. hurting you as a person or unintentionally doing so and being unapologetic about it. So Yeah. Okay. So um <laughs> earlier you mentioned sorry, that was very heavy right at the end there. So let's let's no, pivot sorry. a little bit. Um <laughs> I just want to make sure people yeah, you I gotta make sure make people, people are safe. I think it's, it's, it's like anything else. Yeah, it's good to hear though. And I think that um it's it's worth warning people about, especially people that are new into the field. Just the first people you fall in with don't have to be the people you're in with forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and that's speaking from experience too, where I've had uh incredibly triggering uh situations happen in game. And then have having to process those, uh, you know, for months or years, you know, and, and OK, yeah, it's just a game. But it's like if it's affecting you that way, it's affecting you that way. Like and that's super incredibly valid. And uh, yeah. if people can't respect that, then they don't respect you. And it's very easy exactly. for, for new people into the field to like you're you're kind of desperate for a space to fit into. And so you won't have. You won't think it's okay or you won't have the power or the internal strength or whatever to remove yourself from the situation. And I think it's really important for people to know that if you're like, listen to your gut, if you're, yeah. if you're feeling bad, if every time you walk away, you're just like wanting to like dry sob or like dry heave, dry yeah. sob, then it's not the right spot. And it's okay for you to yeah. back out of it and look for more mm -hmm. and learn from it. And then here comes some more shadow work out of it too. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> claim, claim your agency. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
so so moving on to uh, more positive campaigns. <laughs> Obviously, we uh, we mentioned higher education. Yeah. That is your current campaign. That is unfortunately almost at its end. I think you just did the penultimate. Penultimate, yeah. Our penultimate finale's session. next week. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um. You obviously mentioned a little bit about, about that uh, before. Can you can you tell us any more on that? Or yeah, uh, I would love to. Thank you. Uh, higher education is our weekly fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons game. It is set in the Strixhaven universe, which is a uh, Watsi published mage school setting uh, in the universe of Arcavios. Uh, and it's super cool. And uh, our campaign specifically, I wanted to do like uh, we wanted to do magic school, but everyone's adults, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so cool. we're specifically choosing to do like grad students or like extended studies students. So they're all mm-hmm. like uh, at minimum, like over 21, you know, and that way we can because I think that my my most uncomfortable thing with like playing because there are a, a few like um wizard in school tabletop RPGs out there uh, and they're great. But I personally am uncomfortable playing like a child. Um, and especially if there's going to be like romantic things or if there's going to be even be like innuendo, like I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a child. Like I feel. Yeah. It's very restrictive as yeah. well. Like in terms of, of the comfort level you can get out. Yeah. There. And it's mm-hmm. like, I want to explore adult themes cause I'm an adult <laughs> like, and, and I want to, uh, you know, I want to have, uh, silly, sexy, fun times with my friends, you know? So, <laughs> so that is why we chose to make sure everybody was, uh, a, a full a full-blown adult for our campaign uh and that way we're able to sort of work with much more like intense themes um and also sort of uh explore sexuality a bit more without having that sort of like icky feeling of like oh these are underage people Mm. you know Mm. so um that's something i really like about our campaign uh and then my players are incredible like i know i was kind of referencing this earlier but they're just all um, such incredible role players. They're such giving people in general uh, and just um, brilliant storytellers. And it's it's a pleasure to get to sort of weave that that story and that world with them. Um, and like I said, they they give me gifts every every session, even between sessions sometimes. Aww, <laughs> so so I, I'm really excited about it. Our final episode is uh, I think we're going to do an extra hour. So it'll be a four hour session. Wow. And it's going to be at uh, a ball, which I think everybody <sighs> loves a good like ball episode. We're just like it starts off and everybody's looking fabulous and, you know, the champagne's mm-hmm. flowing and the lights are glittering and then just everything falls apart. Yeah. Is, is hijinks kind of, ensue. Yeah, Chaos. Yes, absolutely. Everything's going to fall apart in the most beautiful, nasty, disgusting, you know, uh, meaningful mm-hmm. way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh, I that's- can't wait. That sounds amazing. Do not miss out on that if you are if you are listening now. Uh, When when is that on? When is that Saturday? Saturday uh, at two p.m. ET because we're gonna start an hour early. What's the date on Saturday? The eighteenth. The eighteenth. Saturday, February eighteenth at two p.m. ET at twitch.tv slash Vanna V A. Uh, okay so after after the higher education is done is there anything else coming up in 2023 that you're really excited for or anything you've got planned like stuff that you're sitting on i know you're twiddling your fingers there like uh (laughs) deviously 
You have something up your sleeve, no I doubt. Can you, this... can you reveal anything to us? Or I have, I mean, I don't, no NDA stuff, that's for sure. Okay. All, all uh, pure machinations. Um, but I have this wild idea right now. I, I was like having a, a, a depression spell earlier uh, this month. And I just started for some reason, I'll just like binge a random show if I'm like mm. in that headspace. And for some reason, I started the first season of Love Island Australia. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know why. Really? But I just like, you know, picked a picked a, a streaming service, picked a show. And I'm now like obsessed with the idea of uh, hacking Good Society, the Jane Austen RPG I was telling you about earlier, to be a Love Island tabletop RPG. Cute. And then having like friends on uh, to play characters and like, you know, the the goal, right, is to fa- fall in love. But of course, there's going to be like in this drama and then you introduce challenges. And then uh, in the Jane Austen one, you have like a letter writing segment, right? So I was thinking instead of letting re- writing letters, we have like the um, the confession room <laughs> and then ah, you can like, you know, one of the mechanics would that. be like yeah. pull people for a one on one. Uh, things like that. And then there's, of course, like the recoupling ceremony where, you know, the order is random of who gets to pick first. So you never know if someone's going to upset the balance. And like, I'm really obsessed. I already wanted to run Good Society between the first and second season of Higher Education. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, maybe I should just do this hack and get it out of my system. (laughs) Honestly, it sounds like a very, very exciting uh, spin on the uh on the, on the system I'm, i'd love to i'm check probably it out. too excited about it as because it's it seems it feels very niche mm. i mean that's <laughs> how you know it's gonna be good society. though if, if you're that excited about it it's yeah. gonna be yeah. absolutely i just stellar. love drama i just love drama mm-hmm. and love and also deception and also <laughs> Dragons, dramas, and dragons, and dragons, and hot yeah. barrel chested dragons. There's gotta be. You gotta promise that now. There's gotta make. There's gotta be somewhere in there. There's gotta be a hot barrel chested dragon. Well, I was thinking. I was thinking. You know, you just you kind of cross it over with any any general high fantasy tabletop RPG, and then anybody like it would be total like. Screw just having it be humans. Yeah, like yeah. bring a dragonborn in, bring a tiefling in. Like, yeah, you're an elf. Guess what? Mm-hmm. That's fine. You're like a, a super yes. sexy elf. Welcome. <laughs> to I love, love that. Island. I love that. Okay. Well, this has been fantastic, but we're not quite done. Uh, we always end up uh, the podcast with uh, what we like to call quick fire questions. We're going to fire off some questions to oh, you. God. Ty, do you have your questions in front of you? What? What questions? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You don't. Okay, if you want to open Wait, up the script and scroll uh, down to the quick fire section, the stuff in green is yours. Oh, I found him. Okay, so I found him. Funny. I found him. All right, all right. Was that the first quick fire question? Was do you have the first yeah. quick fire question? I, I failed. Uh, all right. So, uh, Ty is going to start us off. Uh, basically, this is a little stream of consciousness. Just first thing that, that comes to your mind. I'm so scared. What's your favorite okay. game from this last year? Oh, God. Uh, uh, g- <laughs> Wait, is it 2023 or over the last 365 over days? The last, yeah. So you can include all the 2022 if you like. Oh, this is supposed to be quick fire? I'm a streamer. <laughs> I play so many games. It's not fair. What's the first thing what that came to your head? What pops into mind? I, well, I'm thinking Fire Emblem Engage, but I like just started that. You know what? <laughs> we'll, we'll take that for now. We can okay, always okay, circle okay, back. Okay. What okay. was the one game that defined your childhood? 
Oh, man. Um, I always it's weirdly enough, I always forget the name of it, but it, you play like a possum in a night outfit. <laughs> Is it called like Starker? Are you, sure, are you sure this wasn't a fever dream that you were having or <laughs> a possum in okay, a night go- outfit? Googling it has not helped. <laughs> OK, the, I think maybe- it's called like Starker or or Starker. Someone in chat knows, right? Maybe Chad can help Nobody with knows. that one. A possum in a night outfit. Uh, uh, if any of our listeners at home know the answer to what that game is, please Sparkster. write in. Sparkster. 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 I was pretty okay. close. Sparkster. Oh, my God. It was it was just so fun and it was just so, so weird mm. and okay. niche. Like, what other game do you get to play a possum? A possum night. That's a you good know? question. In a night outfit, yeah. So who, All of my interest, special interests coming together. Who is your all-time favorite video game character? Immediate. These are hard. What's happening? <laughs> you send, did you send these to me beforehand? Because I supposed to look at these. Um, all-time favorite video game character. I don't know. Can I pass? Uh-oh. You can pass. We can okay, circle yeah. back and be like, uh, what game do you most want a sequel to? Oh man, these are so. Do people do well at this? Uh, usually. Oh God! <laughs> Not to like put any that. more pressure on you. <laughs> what game do I want a sequel to? I feel like all this, the games I want a sequel to, already have one or have one impending. Oh, um, cool. Well, what is the I sequel mean, that's impending that, that 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 you wanted for a while and now it's coming? Well, now I've forgotten that too, haven't I? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, uh, Slime Rancher Two was really—it's not totally out yet. It's in like beta or something. But that that counts. All of it that I could, and I really enjoyed it. Not totally um, counts. Who, okay, cool. Who would be your dream stream guest? Alive or dead? Alive or dead? Oh man! Or like you could say, who would you want to play like a role playing game with as well? You know, like. <gasps> oh, that's even harder. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like currently have been listening to the new Lizzo album on repeat and I just think she says such positive energy and she's so I, so yeah, I think that's a great answer. Oh yeah. Uh, what game are you most looking forward to coming out this year? Not Slime Rancher 2. Um, God, I just watched the Nintendo Direct too. Um, I'm really stoked on that Fire Emblem Engage DLC, but I think it's already out mm. <laughs> at this at this recording. Um, oh gosh, I mean, it's I feel like it's super obvious, but Breath of the Wild. I was going to say that. I was like, <laughs> I feel like that almost like, I shouldn't like... be able to answer that. But Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom, let's go. Heck yeah, that's valid. Absolutely. Oh me, what one word sums up your Twitch streams? One word. Oh, why did I almost say corny? Okay, there you go. <laughs> you know what? Stream of consciousness is the first thing that came up. Let's go. Uh, your favorite character you've made for a campaign. Oh, man. I think I got to give a shout out to Addy Bamyar, who uh, is is the character that I think I started exploring my my sexual and gender identity with. So she okay. was a she was a pirate uh, with uh, with two blunder buses blunder by if you will and she was based on Anne 
Anne Bonny, I think, uh, who was an actual pirate in real life that was gay and uh, cross-dressed as a man so that she could uh, she could work on a, a pirate ship because they generally thought women were bad, li- bad luck on pirate ships. So she and then she just did a bunch of bad shit and then was dating this pirate king. But then this other cross-dressing pirate lady came along and they fell in love. Oh, <laughs> that's dark. So she's all based on that. And I was like. I think she's she's helped me a lot. Also, Oops. my first my first camp, I, I she had a baby <laughs> during the campaign. Oh, really? And wow. that was like something I'd never seen before. Uh, it started as like a joke because I like I had she had a, a sexual tryst with one of the other player characters, um, and jokingly, I think we rolled a dice to see if she was pregnant, and she was. <laughs> And then okay. we just had to roll with that. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right. Funnily enough, you mentioned pirates and sailing because the next question is about... If you were marooned on an island, what three games mm. would you want to have with you? They can have oh, internet. Goodness. Like, so you can play online with other people. You just can't call for help. That's so funny. Um, can I use the in-game VoIP? Uh, sure, but Not you just can't... Not for help, but yeah. You, you can you can use the in- in-game VoIP. Yeah. Okay. Then I would probably bring RimWorld and... Fortnite, so I could play with my friends. Fortnite. Um, Fortnite. And gosh, what else? The third one. Mm, yeah, I, I guess Fire Emblem Engage right now. Okay, cool. <laughs> I want to finish mean, it. Again, valid. Uh, but would you be happy like, if you're stuck on the island for like years? Would you be happy three years from now with Fire Emblem? Probably not. Well, I don't know. What's the play time? <laughs> What's the average play time? I could probably romance everybody by the yeah. end of that span. That's true. That's true. Uh, no, but I think RimWorld would get me through the thick of it because you could play that for an okay. infinite amount of hours. And then I'd just, you know, play Fire Emblem if I wanted some JRPG goodness, you know, <laughs> some yeah. tactics. All right, this is the last quick fire question. Oh You're God, allowed to take God. as much time as you like on oh this no. one. It's where can people find your content and what have you got coming up on your <laughs> oh, channel? Oh, thank God. <laughs> you freaked me out, Mia. <laughs> you can I intend to every <laughs> time. You're super, it's super effective. Um, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Vanna. That's V-A-N-A. And you can find me on most socials at Havanarama, H-A-V-A-N-A-R-A-M-A. And uh, yeah, my big thing right now is tune in for the finale of Higher Education on the 18th at 2 p.m. on my channel. And uh, keep an eye out for the Love Island tabletop RPG I'm going to hack. I don't know. We'll see if I actually do it. Uh, And then I think I think that's all I got going on. More Fire Emblem. More Fire Emblem Fire Engage. Emblem. There we go. Um, yeah. I also checked out a bunch of um, games during Next Fest, so I'm excited for uh, a lot of those to to come for to fruition. Uh, and I'll be so because I love indies and and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, and of course, my lovely co-host Ty. Where can people find your content? And what have you got coming up? You're muted. Oh, cringe. Like, um, <laughs> sorry, I try to keep my like. I've been eating chocolate the whole stream, so I'm trying to keep my little <laughs> rapper noises to themselves. But um, 
I'm at Hey Shady Lady on everything. Uh, Twitch, YouTube. I got a website, HeyShadyLady.com. I blog there. Um, so, yeah, I do a lot of, like, sandbox games. That's a lie. I'm playing Final Fantasy XI right now. I'm still in my old monologue mode. Um, but uh, it's lots of Final Fantasy XI right now uh, with some Red Dead 2. So it's it's a little different than what I was playing last year. But I'm also about to bring some tarot back to my channel. I was a big tarot streamer, like, the last couple of years, and I burnt out on it really hard. So I'm starting to get the itch again. So tarot, I've got my witchy podcast to celestial cafe where we talk about the full moon and astrology and all kinds of stuff like that so a little bit of this a little bit of that real variety um i get bored with things by do the same thing for too long so the Heck end. yeah fantastic <laughs> well i want to thank you both uh for for joining me and and everybody else for for joining us today a massive thank you to you all uh thanks so much for joining us on this episode of uh gaming podcast live we'll be back in two weeks for a, a roundtable episode of the podcast where we'll be talking about the importance of diversity in video games in the meantime uh you can follow the gaming mag channel here on twitch or subscribe to our youtube channel so you don't miss any of these amazing shows and of course podcasts can be listened back at any time on all major podcast platforms and if you hit listening there now on those platforms come on over to twitch to watch us live every sunday at 9 p.m gmt on twitch.tv forward slash gaming mag now um we have let's go gaming in about a week's time and then obviously in two weeks we've we've got the podcast again so whatever sunday you decide to tune in on there's always going to be something happening here on the gaming mag twitch channel until then do not forget to keep reading and watching gaming magazine and we'll, we'll see you next time bye for now bye, bye. bye. bye.